Hi, I'm David Massover. Welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast, where I'll be interviewing senior sales leaders, sales experts, and sales service providers about what else, what it takes to drive B2B sales revenue. So thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast. I'm your host, David Massover. And today, we've got a great guest today. We're talking to Ian Barley, the CEO at Eagle Business Credit. Ian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, David. It's good to be here. So Ian, you're a CEO with deep industry experience and executive level experience, and you're also selling and managing salespeople, as is very common in companies that have smaller sales forces. And I know that you spend a lot of time studying the craft of sales and sales management so that you can be as effective as possible when you you step into those roles. So from all of that, what's some of the best sales or sales management advice that you've ever heard? I've got a couple. And uh, the first one sticks in my mind, probably not for the right reasons, because it's pretty gross. And it's uh, don't throw up in the lobby. And basically, I, that sticks in my mind because I fall into this trap a lot. And certainly a lot of my sales guys do in that, you know, somebody asks you about your product. And what do you do? Well, you talk for 10 minutes about your product. And to me, I'm always saying to people, just don't do that. You know, we have a lot to talk about for sure. But, you know, people don't necessarily want that from you and and they can get turned off very quickly. So that's, I like that one for a number of reasons and it's very memorable, clearly. And for me, it's about, you know, you've got to get prospect talking about what they're about, what they're looking for. The other one you gave me, and that was after the sale is made, how does it feel to work with us? If we keep that in mind, then I think we can relate to our potential uh, clients much better. And it's about what are they looking for? And I've talked to my people about that. They've started to deploy it. We have to remember these things and and be on that mindset. But those certainly resonate extremely strongly with me. The throwing up in the lobby really paints a picture, doesn't it? (laughs) It's disgusting. (laughs) That's not who you want to be, right? No, no. I love it. So that's very good advice. You know, I, I have to be honest, the think about your role as selling what happens after you sign the contract is something that I actually picked up from another podcast guest of mine, Andy DeAngelis. And the way he articulated it was really great because he talks about how the salesperson can often see the signing of the contract as the end of the process. You know, that's when their part yeah. is done. The customer is really looking at it as the start of the process. And right. so if you really want to sell from the customer's perspective or the prospect's perspective, that's the right place to talk about. This is what's going to happen after we get started. This is how it's going to look. This is how it's going to benefit you. That, that's very solid advice. Yeah. I was just going to say that I think it's important for the, for the salesperson to not just you know, see their role ending at the point the contract's signed. Because ultimately, if they can paint that picture about how it's going to be in operations, how things are going to be, then they still have an in to that client when it's on board to then get them more deals. So the client-get-client approach, again, starts at the very first call, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm trying to have people think about that too. Yeah, so not only here's what it's going to look like after you sign up with us, but here's where I, your your salesperson or your representative or your account manager, whatever you call it, here's how I'm going to be involved in that process. I'm not going away. That's a very solid message. So that's a bunch of good advice. What's some of the worst advice you ever heard? I had a a training course once that that I went on, and it was solely focused on getting to yes. And it just, to me, felt like 
used car salesman approach. Uh, apologies to any used car salespeople, but it's too in your face. For what we do, certainly, it's a consultative sell. You know, our product, talk about it a bit, it's a complicated product. It's not a, a widget. You don't phone us up saying, I'd like six blue size 10, which is nice and easy, right? This is a consultative sell. And if you're focused on just getting to yes, for me, I just find it doesn't work. And, and I hate that. And I know when that tactic is used on me, you know, what would it take for you to sign up today? My answer is probably nothing. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> but that's just my psyche. That, to me, I don't respond well to it. And so I don't like our people using it. By all means, use the dummy curve, try those types of things to see what's really going on in someone's mind. But don't make it such a high-pressured sales environment. It just doesn't work. Right. Don't push for yes, but help somebody make a decision and see how your solution fits into it. Exactly. So you, you talked a little bit about what you do and how, how what you do over there at Eagle Business Credit is not a simple solution. It's a complex solution. You and I had a conversation previously, and I thought that it lends itself to a really interesting topic. And I'd like to go there if it's okay with you. So Eagle Business Credit uh, provides a great service to clients. And I want you to talk about that for a minute. But it's around a, a, a topic that in some cases has a bit of stigma. And I think that creates a great case study that maybe we can do on this podcast episode for how do you articulate the problem that you solve in a way that's compelling, but where there's some natural resistance to the subject matter. Can we dig into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. What we do is we provide financing to, to small and medium-sized businesses. It's factoring. So if you have come across the term, great. But we do find that a lot of people, you know, we call it the F word. There's some double-edged connotations. People maybe have had a bad experience, that type of thing. But essentially, we're, we're, we're selling money to help companies grow. And it's a product that's based around their receivables. So it is complicated, but that's it in a nutshell. So that sounds great. I mean, you help people get money for their receivables that faster than they would get them otherwise. So where does, where does the stigma come from? Why is it that factoring is an F word, as you say? Well, again, it's a great financing tool because we bridge that gap between when a company, the seller, issues their invoice for the product or services, that's all completed, and the period when their customer pays. That credit term gap between 30, 45, 60 days, whatever it is, you can tie up a whole bunch of cash flow and working capital in your receivables. And we bridge it. So very simple. We accelerate your payments. We enable you to grow. But the stigma comes in because the way we have to do that is we have to do a little bit of work with your customer. So for example, you give us an invoice, we're going to need to check it out. And that includes speaking to your customer, to the accounts payable department, to confirm, do they have the invoice? Is everything in the system? It's a real simple call. But it turns a lot of people off. Why do you want to speak to my customer? You know, I don't really want you to speak to my customer. And I understand that. So one of the ways we try and get around it, if you like, I hate saying get around it, but trying to alleviate their fears is that, you know, look at it as an as a extension of your business. Outsourcing may not be a popular term at the moment or as popular as it was, but you can look at it as outsourcing if you like. We'll take over your receivables management for you. And so, you know, it shouldn't be as scary as that. Plus, most companies, most of your customers, maybe you've already dealt with a factor, 
maybe if it's a large company, say Costco, for example, they have a department that handles just factoring companies. So, you know, it's not as scary as it should be. But for some people, that is the main objection. From a messaging perspective, you do some selling. You also have some people on your team who are doing some selling. From a messaging perspective, how do you package that up? There's a lot about it that's a positive. There's, there's some about it that people are a little bit uncomfortable with. I'm not comfortable having you talk to my customers. How do you coach your salespeople to message around those kind of good news, bad news concepts from the, from the customer's perspective? Okay. To be honest, it's always very difficult to go into a call with a predetermined approach. You have to really find out, obviously, what does the client do? What's the nature of their business? Obviously, everything we do involves B2B sales, right? So we're not talking to individuals. We're talking to commercial customers. But we want them to tell us the nature of their business, who their customers are, what their credit terms are, and what they're trying to achieve by getting this form of finance. And that then you know, gives us a good flavor of, is this going to work? Firstly, you know, do you have the right sort of customers, the right kind of volume? Is our facility going to make a difference for what you're trying to do? And then we bring in the fact that the mechanics of this is, here's how it works. You know, you give us an invoice, we give you typically 80% upfront once we've verified it with your customer. So we're very upfront with it. And then, you know, if the question comes out, well, what does verifying with my customer entail? Again, we can go into it, depending on their nature of industry. For example, talking to a, a customer this morning and their end customer has a portal. So we don't even really need to speak to them. We can just go into the portal check the status of the invoices within that portal, and it's going to work. Everything's very smooth. So immediately, that kind of call, we know it's going to work. It's going to be simple. But you get the kind of person that maybe has never heard of factoring. Now they really are drilling into exactly how does it work. And then you add to that, oh, you want to speak to my customer as well. There's no simple way. And obviously, we can try and assure them that typically it's it's not an issue. What I always do is throw out, hey, let's have a three-way call you, me, and your customer, and we'll explore it. And if the customer has any concerns, you'll hear how I handle it. And if you don't like it, we'll stop right there and then. But ultimately, it is something we need to do. And, you know, one of the real advantages is, at the end of the day, our our service is not a loan. So the great advantage is the repayment of the advances that we make on their invoices comes from their customer. So once they start to see that, okay, I can get some financing here, it's going to accelerate my cash flow, and I don't have to pay it back, that also tends to alleviate some of the concerns with speaking to the customers. But I'll be honest, some people, you know, they're just not going to be comfortable with it. And we have to go, okay, I understand your concerns. If something changes, come back to us, we're here. But hopefully, literally nine times out of 10, we can get through it. And uh, we try a number of different ways, again, to, to alleviate their concerns. So it sounds like it's not so much a messaging problem, but, but as you described at the very top of the podcast, it's, it's really about education. It's a consultative sell. Let me help you understand what this looks and feels like, how it's going to work, why it's good for you, how we can overcome your concerns. And, and it's really just about trying to get somebody comfortable with the idea so that they're interested in taking advantage of, of the positives and aren't so concerned about the negatives. Exactly right. And it really is. It's a detailed conversation. And we want to make sure, I want to make sure for certain that when we do a deal, we're not trying to put a square peg into a round hole. We're not going to end up with an unhappy client because something happened that they weren't aware of. We explain everything. We answer all questions they have. 
And that way we get a better client relationship at the end of it. And literally when we do deals, they will stay with us for many, many years because it fits. And, you know, it just becomes, like I said, an extension of their business. So again, when it's right and the nervousness is dealt with, if there is any, there isn't always, but when there is, it's, you know, something we go through, we can end up with a very, very happy, positive, ongoing client. And the best thing out of that is when those clients start telling their friends and suppliers and other people about us, and we get referrals that way. So again, you know, it, it is an issue when people haven't heard about it before, or maybe they've had a bad experience with it. But if they listen and we are able to explain, here's how it works, then usually we can get through it and, and end up with a really good solution. From a salesperson perspective, when you're, when you're hiring and training salespeople, what kind of skills do your people need to have in order to effectively deliver this kind of message and balance that with the fact that their, their job is to acquire new customers? Again, it's a lot of product knowledge training that we have to put into them. We do want people that are very good on the phone. And we have the typical inside sales, outside sales type thing where, you know, outside they're out networking and it's difficult at the moment, but we still get people that network and they may bring in, you know, what I would call a warm referral from a referral source. Those are great. The inside sales people must have a lot of product knowledge because they're at the coalface speaking to the end customer. There isn't a referral party here. We're dealing with end customer calling, cold calling. And they have to be able to, again, explain this somewhat complicated product to a company that hopefully, you know, has a need. And so it is a difficult thing. They have to be able to deal with rejection. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of that. They also have to be able to, if we're in a competitive situation, illustrate our advantages over some of our competitors very quickly. And we have a couple of tricks that we've taught them. If you take the transportation sector, for example, It's one of those industry sectors where factoring is very well understood. You don't have to explain what it is. It's about price and about service. So often when we are speaking to truckers, they may already be working with a factor. So one of the tools that we employ is, okay, on a scale of one to 10, before I let you go, would you mind telling me, you know, how happy are you with your current factor? And if the answer is anything less than nine, we have a hook to go explore a little bit about, well, what would make it better? Mm -hmm. And that seems to work quite well. So it's a different thing now because we're not explaining what factoring is. Now we're dealing with a competitive situation and and how can we be better to the point where they're interested in in talking more. So my little process-oriented mind just sees a a matrix forming, right? There's this kind of customer, we take this approach, there's this kind of a customer. Or or if I learn this or I learn that, then these are some different things. So it sounds like there's a lot of potential for product training, industry training, sector training. But you also told me in a previous conversation about some employees that you've had in the past who really got the messaging wrong. And I'm just curious if you can share with us what that looks like and and, and why it wasn't working. Yeah, literally phoning up and saying, are you interested in factoring? (laughs) Well, it doesn't work. What is it? And it was such a direct approach that we didn't get anybody interested in and and we just got hung up on all the time. So we do want people who are very keen and and almost assertive on the phone, if you like, and can switch gears very quickly. But certainly just that one trick pony where you phone up and say, we sell factoring. No, it doesn't work. You've got to be 
very much more in the mindset of understanding what this business is about and how our service can deal with certain pain points that they have. Just to, trying to do that one size fits all and then getting hung up on all day long and wondering why is certainly one of the things that we've experienced, unfortunately. And also, you know, barking up the wrong tree where you're phoning the wrong type of client where maybe they're B2C. There's no point training. Our product isn't designed for that, yet we have people that will try that. So again, we're, we're trying to be a little bit more enlightened and a little bit more strategic in our approach, but also have all the knowledge there when you know, you've got a live one on the phone, they have interest. Okay, now you've got to dig deep and understand and engage. So that's why, as I say, it's, it's quite, a, quite a complicated consultative sell. But it can be very, very rewarding when you have somebody interested and you can have some great conversations with them. What I love about it as well, just to round off that point, is that you know, even if it isn't a fit, how can we help you? You know, I don't want to just say, well, great talking, have a nice day. We want to be able to go, okay, fine, you're looking for equipment finance. Well, we have three different people that we work with for that. So let me introduce you to that. And it's about really, hopefully, they remember that somebody from Eagle was actually helpful. That's what I'm looking for. So when I, when I think about cold outreach by telephone, I usually think there's a couple of different places where you can close, not close the deal, but, but just get agreement to move on. And that first five to 10 seconds is a place where a lot of people stumble. So now that our, our listeners know a lot more about factoring than they may have known before we started this conversation, what have you seen that's been successful in terms of what happens in between, hi, you, this is me, I'm from Eagle, and mm-hmm. you're having a longer conversation? What kind of problems are getting articulated or what kind, of, what kind of little sentences are enough to get you guys into a longer conversation? What have you seen? Well, a great one is tell me about your business, obviously. Who doesn't want to talk about their, their business, their company? I try with that and I'm listening very intently to then what the first thing is that they tell me. You know, Are they going to go into a long conversation about all of their products? Great. I then turn the conversation towards, tell me about your customers because that's what I'm interested in more than anything. You know, our, The collateral we take is the receivable. So we want to know who their customers are. That's more important to me than their personal credit or their balance sheet as a, as a client. So I look out for the pain points, obviously. You know, I've got some great customers, but boy, do they take you know, a long time to pay me. Well, that's music to my ears. Guess what? That's why we're here. But if they say, I've got one customer and they pay me in seven days, well, immediately I'm going to go, well, you know what? We can help you, but the benefit's not going to be that much because they're already paying you pretty fast. So it is definitely, I'm, I'm wanting them to talk about their business. I'm listening to the kind of problems that they're having. And I'm relating it at all times to the receivable because that's what I'm interested in. And I want to be very surgical about how I can help. I'm also listening out to other things. You know, I took out an online loan and I'm a little behind in the payments. And now I've got all these issues. Okay, fine. Tell me about that. Maybe we can cure that for you because a lot of people, you know, have gone online. And that's been a big competitive issue for us because, again, we've talked about the friction that can come with factoring a little bit. Well, an easy solution up until prior to the pandemic was you can go online and get a loan in 30 seconds, right? Well, you miss a payment on that and it's a daily or weekly scrape from your account. You're in a default rate, now you're in deep water. And we've been curing a lot of those situations for people where they took out two, three, four, five loans. And what we're able to do is come in and release that cash in their receivables, take care of those positions, and now they've got a cash flow tool. So again, to ask your question, it's, it's 
driving it towards the receivable and the pain points, but listening for all of those issues that they're having, but getting them to talk about their business more than us saying how it works. Only once we've determined, yes, we can help and here's how, do I go into the, how does it really work? Here's all the information you want. Stop me when you've heard enough. It really requires what what one should define as a professional sales effort. I really need to understand what's happening with my prospect to figure out, does my solution make sense? And can I articulate how in a way that's compelling? Exactly. And not being afraid to do a quick no. The last thing I want is to, again, lead someone down a garden path where, you know, a salesperson's got a deal and they're trying to make it work. You know, there are some issues. How can we get it to work? We can deal with issues so long as ultimately there is a solution here that makes sense for both parties. And if there isn't, for whatever reason, let's be very clinical about it. Explain why. You know, I hate when you apply for something and someone says, I'm sorry, we can't share with you what the reason is why we've declined you. We'll tell you. Uh, We're not afraid to do that. And we'll be very upfront about it. And we'll give you two or three recommendations as to other people that maybe can help. That's what I ultimately always want to get to. Either we've got a deal, we're going to move it ahead. Or no, it's not a deal. Here's why, but here's what you can do. A real lesson in how to do this the right way. That's fantastic. We're kind of coming to the end of of the time that we have. And I want to switch gears a little bit because I know that you have really embraced sales and sales management and, and, and how to optimize your own efforts and the efforts of your team. And I'm wondering... What are some of the best resources that have helped you to better yourself in this respect along the way? It's constant learning. Learning not only from mistakes, but also learning from sales tools, tips, techniques. So I read a lot. I'm a bit of a junkie in terms of sales books. Probably read far too many, don't remember them all. But uh, (laughs) I'm always looking for nuggets and things that I can use that make sense. And so that's really what I'm about. And then I will share with my team, okay, I tried this and this is what happened. So it's about trying to do that best practice. We do communicate quite well as a team, successes and also failures, and we illustrate them and highlight them and learn from them. And for me, it's about how can we continually get better because we're all learning, we're all growing. And I love what I love about this and I've loved it for the last 30 years I've been doing it is no two businesses are the same. And, you know, I might speak to one tracker one day, another tracker another day, and I think they're the same, but they're totally different, different challenges. So again, all the learning I can do to apply for that to that circumstance is what I try and do. And again, keeping certain um, techniques, if you like, I hate to use that word, but it is a technique in mind when I'm speaking to somebody, but really relate to them as well. You know, I think that's, that's what I try and do all the time. And that's how I've honed somewhat of my uh, talent along the way. It's been really great to learn a little bit, not only about factoring, but also about how you position it and how you take this idea uh, that some are familiar with, some are not, and make it understandable and make it something that's compelling for people who may have a bit of resistance. I think we all face that, whatever we're selling, and to be deliberate about how you approach that I think gets you much better results than being random. I agree. So if our listeners want to learn more about you, more about Eagle Business Credit, where's the best place to find you? Of course. Well, online, eaglebusinesscredit.com. That's our main website. Our main phone number is 888-420-8318. Free phone in the States. 
My direct number is 678-905-1596. It's out on the website as well. So uh, you can find me. We do a lot in social as well. We're doing some interesting stuff there. I love having some fun with that. We've got some fearless factoring, film Friday, different things like that going on right now, just to get a bit of engagement. We might have a bit of fun with it, you know? So Why not? Uh, yeah, Let's have fun. Absolutely. That's great. I'll put your contact information in the episode notes. And Ian, thank you very much for for spending time with us and, and sharing some of your insights. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you, David. You've been listening to the Driving B2B Sales Revenue Podcast with your host, me, David Massover. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you and your sales organization accelerate growth, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to me at davidmassover.com or find me on LinkedIn. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know about new episodes. And thanks for listening. Now, let's go drive some B2B sales revenue.